Yeah, that's so, the thing. It's the it's the risk of that investment of energy and time. Is it, is it going to pay off? And I guess you just got to have confidence in your beliefs that it will. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Today, I am so excited to welcome to the show, Jamie Marsden. And I have asked Jamie to be a guest on Leadership Without Losing Your Soul because he has done a fantastic job of leadership uh, and done some really cool things that I think you will be inspired by as well. So Jamie is the head of environmental engineering. He's joining us from London, England. And uh, Jamie, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, about your organization. Okay, so I work for MBDA. Uh, so we're a, a missile systems company. Uh, I've been there for almost 19 years now. So I went straight from university, studied mechanical engineering at university, uh, joined the company, went through the graduate program. So got a bit, bit of a taste for different areas within the company uh, and then settled into the what we call mechanical analysis department. Uh, so basically looked after the, the structural integrity of the, the missile systems. And yeah, just kind of gradually worked my way up in the organization, got into the management and leadership thing, which is really my passion. So looking forward to talking about some of that today. Fantastic. So when people say, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist, you're kind of a little bit in that arena, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I can legitimately call myself that. Uh, I spoke to someone from the company a, a few days ago and they were at a party where they uh, came across a brain surgeon. So they had to just obviously say that they were a, a rocket scientist, <laughs> had both in the same room. That does sound like a good start to a joke. A brain surgeon and a rocket scientist walk into the same room. <laughs> so, Jamie, you, uh, you have been a phenomenal leader, but I want to take you back. Before we talk about that, one of the questions that I ask every guest uh, on this podcast is, what is your first memory of yourself as a leader? I think the first memory for me is uh, we have an annual golf competition. Me and my friends, it's like in the style of the Ryder Cup, if, if your listeners are uh, aware of that one. Uh, so it's basically sort of 10 versus 10 on, on each side. And, and back in 2005, we did that for the first year and, and I was captain of the team. So I guess that was my real first experience of, of leadership. So trying to lead us into battle, come up with a strategy for getting the pairings right, keeping the people motivated. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that I've learned some lessons from that that I've maybe almost unconsciously used it at work in my leadership roles. Can you think of anything? Any, anything specific from that? I think dealing with setbacks, uh, definitely. I remember uh, a couple of the days it wasn't really going our way at all, losing a lot of the matches and just trying to, first of all, keep myself like, motivated and, and positive about the next day, but also trying to then get the team to, uh, to feel the same and, and, and not let my doubts or insecurities sort of influence them negatively. Oh, that's such an important point. I, just earlier today, I was at a coffee shop and somebody saw the work I was doing and started talking about leadership. And he said, you know, early in my career, my first leadership roles, I was not a great leader, had a lot of setbacks and, and so on, but talking about and just how valuable those early lessons can be to us the rest of our career. Karen and I did some work with Jamie and his organization in Bristol, England uh, last year. And we got to see firsthand what Jamie has built there. So tell us a little bit about this community of practice that, that you and many others, obviously, I know it's been a team effort, but really it was your brainchild. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that started and, and what's going on with that organization. Yeah, okay. Uh, 
So it started about three years ago now. I found myself in a meeting with the, the managing director, a few other, like the HR director as well, uh, and about sort of 10 people within the company at various levels of their stages of their career. And we were talking about how to retain people more effectively within the company. Lots of different ideas were being discussed. One, one of the things that I raised was the absolute critical importance of the relationship between the manager and the employee and the, and the employee's uh, experience of work through either good or bad, bad management. And I said that as I was sort of moving up into more senior leadership roles, I was struggling within the company to find people that I could go to other managers, other leaders that uh, had tried some of the things that I was thinking of trying uh, to really get my team engaged and motivated. So I was a bit nervous about trying some of those things without other people having sort of had the, had the experience themselves within the company and like give me the confidence to try them. So I suggested in that meeting that, that we should maybe get the managers together, get the managers who are really passionate about being managers, really look after their people, really look, work on their uh, development and growth and then help them with their success within the company uh, and just share ideas and share uh, examples of what's worked, sort of best practices, just keep each other motivated. It's not easy being a manager, as you know, David, all the time. So uh, it's a good chance just to uh, get together. So we do about, we're kind of now doing a, a, an event a month. So we have about 40 or 50 managers come along to each of these events. Yet we have external speakers, such as your, yourself and Karen, which, which went down brilliantly and had great feedback from that. But yeah, it's just a chance to, to get people out of their day job and, and just have a chance to reflect on how they're, performing the role as a manager and leader. And as I say, just, just learning from each other and keeping each other motivated. And so you call your community of practice the PMC? Yeah, so the, the people management community. So yeah, PMC is a bit, bit snappier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the PMC and really your goal, it's a grassroots organization within your larger company and you got sanction and, and permission to do it, uh, is this community of leaders and managers who are committed to winning well, to leadership without losing their soul and, and, you know, without sacrificing their humanity. So people focused leadership that really achieves those transformational results, but does it in a way that's, that's very positive. Um, so how do you reinforce those kinds of values? How do you find, how did you find the members uh, in, in that joined the organization in the, in the long run? <laughs> so for our first event, uh, we kind of handpicked about 40 passionate people managers, as we call them, uh, people that we knew would be on board with this. We wanted to start it off with some real positive energy, just try to get, as I say, about 40 of these types of managers into the room together and just, and just kind of see what happened. We kind of kept it quite flexible that first session, just give people a chance to discuss a few things with each other in terms of challenges that they'd faced as managers, uh, positive experiences they, they, they had had, successes they'd had. Again, just to share that knowledge and try and inspire other people to try similar things. So did you get any pushback when, as you started this community and you know, you've got, in an organization your size, you have a learning and development uh, department, you've got your human resource department, and then you've got managers who maybe have different agendas or who aren't committed to those uh, types of leadership practices. What kind of interference or resistance did you run into? Uh, not a huge amount, to be honest. Uh, most people, so we had those sort of 40 managers in that first event, and it, it was sort of word of mouth growth from there. So they would invite other people, that, other managers that they knew that, that they felt would 
contribute positively to the, the community and get something out of it themselves. We're now at the point where we've got about about half of the managers in the company, so that's about, about 400 managers have now signed up for it. I think there was a few slight issues in terms of, as you say, we've got our own learning and development department, so they've historically been responsible for providing the, the management and the leadership training, uh, and I think they felt we were stepping on their toes a little bit. We were trying to do something quite different, I would say. It was, it was really focusing on the peer-to-peer -peer learning, just giving that opportunity for managers to get together. Uh, but yeah, there was a bit of resistance to start with in terms of us perhaps stepping on their toes, but uh, now I would say most people are, are on board within the company. How do you think that has changed? What has won them over? I think they're just seeing the positive things that are coming out of it. We, at the end of every event, we ask for like detailed feedback from the, the managers that have attended and try and learn from that. But uh, there's been so much positive feedback in terms of people just getting a lot out of the events, uh, picking up those new ideas to try out with, with confidence that other people have tried them and it's worked. Yes, I think, I think the, the learning and development department and the wider HR uh, group just saw the, the, the positive impact it was having on, on, on people. So we, we do have the formal training courses and they're great and they, they give a lot of uh, great advice. But I think just that opportunity to really interact with other managers and really go a bit deeper into, into how they perform their roles and just learning from that and, and, and vice versa. It's just really a positive thing. Like I get a lot of feedback that when the people go to the events, it gives them a real boost and then they look forward to the next one. Being a manager is not, not always easy. So it's, it's something that people look forward to and, and, and really get that, that motivational boost. And having observed it firsthand, it is such a phenomenal community that you have built there and the positive atmosphere, the reinforcement that managers are able to give one another and encourage each other and share best practices. And as you said, the, the speakers and the, the learning that everybody engages in, uh, I really haven't seen anything like it. It's phenomenal. And so it's one of the reasons I wanted to talk with you about it and just share that because if you're listening to this show and you have an idea about how things could be different in your organization, how you might be able to to bring about some positive change. What Jamie has done, I hope inspires you to what's possible. But Jamie, I wanna ask a really practical question here now, and it goes to something you were just saying. You said management is hard, and I think that that is true. I, it, if it were easy, everyone would do it, right? <laughs> so to be a good leader and a good manager takes time. And one of the things that uh, we have observed, there is not a single manager on this planet who is sitting around with more time than they know what to do with. <laughs> and so not only are you a manager, you're head of environmental engineering, but you've also taken on leadership for this program that isn't in your job description, that you voluntarily say, you know what, I'm gonna make this happen, and you built a team and, and, you've, and you've led really well with that. How on earth do you find the time to do all of it? Yeah, it has been a struggle, I have to admit. Uh, my current role is head of environmental engineering. I moved into that just as I was starting the, the PMC, as you say, with the support of, a, of sort of three or four other people at that point. It was tough. I was doing a lot of it outside of work, coming up with a lot of the ideas and the strategy outside of work, making a bit of time during, during the, the work day. But yeah, at the start, a lot of it was outside of work. And it was just, I felt it was, I felt it was worth it. I knew it would, it would take that initial energy and time to get it off the ground. Uh, I was confident that in the longer term, it would 
turn into something that would almost start managing itself and, and, and other people within the community, not just the sort of organizing panel, as we call ourselves, uh, could really start picking up opportunities to lead events themselves or contribute to certain events. And yes, yeah, so sort of two years later, uh, the amount of time that I have to invest in it is, is, is much less. So you really have been able to build that team and get them working together and, and other people are taking ownership for it. Yeah, absolutely. It's brilliant to see. Oh, that has to be so fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. I think especially the, the sort of external speakers, as I say, yourselves and yourself and Karen were great. And, and every time we get someone to come in, it just gives, just gives a different view in the world and the, the world of leadership and management. And I think that really, really inspires people to try these different practices that they previously would have been scared to try within the company. When people come along and speak with passion and conviction about what they've done, and they're passing on that message, then it's just giving people the confidence to, to try it themselves in their own roles. Well, I know that this is an audio show, so you can't see this, but listeners, I wish you could see the smile on Jamie's face. <laughs> just the reflection in two, two and a half years of what the team has been able to accomplish and how proud he is of them. And, and Jamie, you have a lot to be proud of here uh, for your, the work and the vision that you have pursued as well. I wonder if you have any advice, if, if someone is listening to the show today and they're thinking about an idea, a, a way that something that they could do that would make life better, improve results, improve their leadership, uh, not just for themselves, but for their peers and their colleagues. And, and they have a vision, they have a kernel of an idea, but they're not sure what to do. They're not sure if the work's worth it. They don't even know what the next step is. Have any advice? You need to find people that are on the same wavelength as you people that will support you, people that will share your passion. That was the critical thing at the, the, the start of this, this project. I still remember the first meeting that I had with three other people that, that loved the idea and we got in a room together. And it was the most exciting meeting I'd had within uh, MBDA up until that point. And that was like 15 years into my career. And we were just in the same wave, wavelength. We identified the same issues in the company. Uh, we really believed that the people management community was a way of addressing some of those issues and improving the quality of, of people management and leadership. But yeah, I couldn't have done it alone. And so not only those people in the room, but then one of them had some really good uh, links to senior directors within the, the company. And that was critical as well. So it was, it was our idea and it was our initiative and we've driven it forward. But we, they, we then got the support from director level. They gave us some funding to actually uh, organize the events and bring in the speakers. So, yeah, find other like-minded people. That's, that's my key bit of advice there, I would say. That is such good advice. And just that reminder that as a leader, you're never alone. You know, people like to say, oh, leadership is lonely. I don't think it has to be. I think that particularly in the world we're in now to find those like-minded individuals and whether it's in your organization or even outside of your organization, depending on what you're trying to build. Uh, and that's what brought Jamie and us together as well was, you know, finding people who are on the same wavelength. So Jamie, thank you for that. Start <laughs> with finding other people who are on the same page and then go from there. You're not alone. Don't do it alone. Do it with a team of people. You know, the name of the show is Leadership Without Losing Your Soul. When you hear that phrase, without losing your soul, what does losing your soul as a leader mean to you? How do you see that happening for people? I think it's when you stop treating people as human beings. I think it's, I see that a lot in our company that we've got a lot of great technical people that have kind of ended up in management roles and they're not bad people. It's just not within their, the way that they sort of behave and carry out their roles at, at work. Uh, 
I, I just love the, the human side of it. I love connecting with the people in the team. I love seeing them grow and I love seeing them develop. And yeah, that, that, that's, that's my real, real passion at work, just, just helping people develop and just seeing it happen in front of my eyes. I just, I just love it. I get such a sense of fulfillment when I see that happen. Uh, so losing my soul would be forgetting that they're human, stop treating them like human beings, stopping even when at times are tough, making time just to speak to them and, and ask them how their, their day was or how their weekend was and just, just being humble. I, I mean, I love the, the winning well mantra of confidence and humility and getting the balance between those two things. And that's, that's one thing I really try as a leader is, is remain humble, remain uh, authentic and just be honest when I don't know something or when I'm, I'm, I'm scared of something or when I'm doubtful about something, share that with the team. And I found that that just brings us closer transparency that vulnerability is is vital so I, I, you touched on something and I want to draw that out a little bit you know when times get tough I think uh, a I love what you said about one of the the steps on the path to losing our soul is definitely when we stop seeing people as people and they become means to an end they become cogs in a machine they're a number on a spreadsheet and they stop being human beings and I think that even for people who are motivated to lead well and are committed to that, like yourself, it can become difficult when we're in those very stressful moments where there's, you know, we're getting pressure and we have to achieve results and, and something didn't go right. And, and it can be a, easy to lose our focus on people's humanity. I'm curious, how do you prevent that? Do you have a best practice? Do you have a way of grounding yourself when you're getting stressed or is it just such a part of Jamie that you just can't see people as anything but human beings? I think it's closer to the latter. I just, I just can't operate any other way. Uh, even when times are tough, I mean, I, that's when I, I look for support from people rather than take my frustrations or stress out in people. I just try and find people that, that I can trust, that I can share that vulnerability with. Uh, but, but yeah, try and never pass on the stress or the, the pressure that we're under to the team because that's not going to help. It's not going to help the situation. So uh, again, as a leader, you need to try and like, I guess it goes back to the golf captaincy. Uh, again, just, just not letting your own doubts or insecurities or the pressure that you're feeling leak out and like uh, negatively influence your, your team members. That's yeah, great advice. I often think of it like being a lightning rod you know, if there's lightning and that high charge of energy coming down towards you, that part of your job as a leader is that you can funnel, disperse that energy into the ground and only transmit the, the good and the healthy and the constructive to your team, that you don't have to just pass that negative energy along. You have to bear the brunt of it sometimes, but remain human, remain working with your team as, as human beings and uh, yeah, work out together. So Jamie, let's talk about uh, a favorite management practice that you have. You know, there's lots of different uh, different ways of approaching your leadership and management. Uh, what is one, and maybe two, but let's just go with one, one practice that you have that is something that you learned, maybe you learned it earlier, maybe you only learned it last month, but what would be one of your most valuable leadership or management practices that, that you could share with the audience here? So I think one of the things I enjoy the most is uh, we have monthly department meetings uh, we call them symposiums just to make them sound a bit more interesting than department meeting. Uh, and I really try and, and, and vary them and, and vary the content each time, make sure it's not just a, a comm session where I'm just 
downloading information on people, but really try and make it interactive. But one key thing that I would pick out of that is in terms of recognition. I'm really uh, big on trying to recognize people's efforts when they've gone above and beyond. So within my company, we have uh, five values. Uh, so we have passion, integrity, commitment, innovation, and team spirit. So every month I ask for people in the team to submit basically nominations for people who have really lived one of those values through the work that they've been doing. So then see how many nominations I get and I sort of choose the winner. And then during the session, during that, the symposium each month, I will then announce the winner, maybe announce the runner up as well, and then announce the winner and then give them a, a prize. So I've moved on, I used to give out sweets. I've now moved on to, to buying books that are in some way linked to that person and their, their passions outside of work perhaps, just make it a bit meaningful for them, but really give them that recognition in front of the whole team, which is great for two reasons. It makes them feel good, it makes them feel that their efforts have been recognized, but it's also highlighting the good behaviors I want other people to follow as well. Absolutely. And I hope everybody, you're taking notes at that moment because Jamie just shared an idea that's rich on about four or five different levels there. So one is, as you said, you're reinforcing the values and, and demonstrating what that looks like by telling those stories in practice. Here's what that looks like in our organization and, and seeing how people are demonstrating that. Uh, so you're celebrating that. You get more of what you encourage and celebrate, right? So you're Absolutely. celebrating that. And, and yes, you're recognizing the person, but one of the things I want to call out is, and this goes to what you were talking about earlier, and it's a great way to leverage your leadership and connect with people is that you're giving them something that is personalized to them, that recognizes, you said, maybe their passion or their interest or something outside of work, maybe their hobby or, or something that they enjoy. And so for you, it's a book related to that subject. And, you know, there are a lot of different ways to do that. But what that says is that to that human being is that you see them as a human being beyond just the role that they're playing at the job. Yes. So whether, you know, you're listening and thinking, you know, how can I reinforce a value or acknowledge people or say thank you, any kind of encouragement that you want to do, if you can link it, as Jamie just said, to a way that sees them as a human being and their full humanity beyond just the workplace well, you're on the road to massive connection and influence with your people. When you think of new leaders and new managers, people coming into management for the first time, what do we not tell them as more senior leaders, senior managers, that we really ought to be? You need to find your own style. Don't try and learn from other people, learn from other managers and leaders but don't feel pressure to copy anyone else. That, that won't work in my experience. You need to find your own style that aligns with your own values and beliefs and try new things. You will make mistakes, certainly when you start. You, you'll make mistakes throughout your career, but at, at the start, when you become a new manager, it's more likely. So, so don't let that put you off. Uh, and the other thing I would say is you're, you're learning, make sure that you take every opportunity to learn, whether that's, as I say, from observing other people, but go out of your way, even if you're getting management training through work, go out of your way to, to sign up to people on, on Twitter, follow people like David and Karen, just take any of this great knowledge that's out there and, and soak it up and use it in your, in your job. It will make, it, it'll make your development go much more smoothly and much more quickly. Wow. Jamie, that was fantastic advice 
for new leaders, but it's also fantastic advice, even if we've been leading for 15 or 20 years in our career. Thank you so much for that. Jamie was nominated or recognized by many of, of the people who work on his team as a fantastic leader. And we would love to recognize on the show leaders and managers who you have found to be tremendously helpful in your career. So if you've got a, a, a nomination for us, you can send that in one of two ways. Either you can email me, david.dye at letsgrowleaders.com and tell me their name, tell me some contact information and what makes them a fantastic leader like Jamie. Or you can go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com. You'll see an orange button. You can click that and you can record your message. Leave your name. Tell us about this manager that, that you'd like to nominate. And we would love to be able to feature them on a future episode of the show, just like we did Jamie. Jamie, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for the way that you have inspired so many leaders, not just at at MBDA, but around the world and now globally through this podcast as well. It's been an absolute pleasure, David. Thank you for having me on. It's been brilliant. And as always, I've absolutely loved talking to you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.